Welcome to GenCast, a sponsored podcast series brought to you by Genetic Engineering and Biotechnology News. I'm your host, Jeff Bukaliskis. In 1967, a quintessential Beatles anthem told us that life is basically a lot easier with a little help from our friends. While it would seem that the folks at Millipore Sigma listened to the Fab Four's advice when they designed their MLab collaboration centers, which allows pharmaceutical manufacturers from around the globe to explore, learn, and collaborate with technical experts and solve some of the life science manufacturing field's toughest problems. In the upcoming weeks, I will gather a group of life science professionals who work at or with the MLab Collaboration Centers to discuss an array of topics ranging from cell and gene therapy manufacturing to viral clearance techniques to regulatory training matters. We'll address some of the main issues being brought into the MLab Collaboration Centers and hear how the team is helping researchers troubleshoot operations across the entire process train from upstream to downstream to final fill. In today's GenCast, we'll be discussing some of the latest developments in next-generation bioprocessing. In addition to touching on key pain points that many manufacturing scientists are experiencing and the solutions that are available to significantly impact performance metrics. We'll hear about specific case studies from experts at the MLab Collaboration Center and EMD Serrano. Now, let's meet our GenCast panel for today's discussion. Hello everyone, my name is Karen Chan. I'm a process engineer in MSAT team and I'm based in Singapore. Hello everyone, I'm Matteo Costioli. I'm the Director of Process Development based in Switzerland for early stage process development of NBEs. Hey everyone, my name is Mike Filo. I'm the Director for Downstream Process Integration as part of the Next Generation Processing Initiative. And I'm responsible for putting together the portfolio of uh, products and applications that are required to, to meet uh, the goals established for uh, connected and continuous processes. Hello, everyone. My name is Thorsten Bishop. I'm working as a biomanufacturing engineer consultant out of Germany, serving our customers in Europe, Middle East, and Africa. Hi, I'm Emily Peterson. I'm a purification team manager um, working in the MSAT team in the Americas, and I'm located in Burlington, Massachusetts. Great. Thanks, everyone. Welcome to our podcast. I think now will be a good time to just begin our discussion. We have a couple of really good questions that are geared towards the gen audience and things that they would be very interested in knowing about. So I'm going to open it up to the panel with our first question. When customers come into the MLab collaboration centers, are you noticing any trends in the challenges customers are facing? And how are these trends shaping the way we approach next generation bioprocessing? MLab Collaboration Center is a place that provides an environment for customers to explore our capability, learn the best practices, and promote collaboration. Often when a customer is interested in a product, they often require a demonstration, water run, or sometimes even simulation before they commit into an order. Cases like this usually takes place in MLab where it is equipped with capability to support customers from small-scale optimization to pilot-scale simulation runs. There are nine MLab's collaboration centers worldwide. In the event, if a product or equipment that a customer is interested in is not available in that region, equipment can arrange to be shipped in from another MLab to support the customer. 
In Singapore, we have once loaned a mix 500 from Europe to conduct a mixing study for one of our key customer. And another time due to time limitation that we were not able to ship in a, a smart TF2 to Singapore, a wet demo was conducted at Japan MLab through virtual equipment. There are also some examples in Europe and US, which maybe Thorsten and Emily can speak on that. We do a lot of equipment sharing across the globe as well, but not only that, we have a whole network of engineers that work together locally within our own M-Labs and then worldwide as well, so that if customers have unique problems, we can reach out across the globe and see if others in other regions have had similar issues, or you know, we might just get together and brainstorm ideas on how to work with particular problems and particular customers. It's more than just equipment sharing, it's also this idea of, of knowledge sharing as well. Yes, it's Matteo. And a good example of this sharing was when we have developed a new process to increase the titer, and we increase about a five-fold the titer of this molecule. At that point, before transferring uh, this from lab scale to uh, our manufacturing uh, side, we had this, this issue because the fitting in the manufacturing was very difficult. In fact, by increasing the, the productivity, of course, we, we increase the amount of material. And in the site, in this manufacturing site, we have some constraints in terms of vessels. So after one step, we have to, the, the looted volume from the column was too big compared to the existing vessel. So the easy option was to implement what we call a single pass TFF in order to reduce the volume of the dilution column. And from doing this, we developed a small scale and we had a great collaboration with, uh, with your guys in order to, to develop this process at, uh, in a, at the bench. We did a lot of different experience. We figured out the, the maximum throughput, the, the best quality of our product, and then finally we, we could transfer to the manufacturing. Actually, the transfer is, is ongoing. I remember this example, and this was a great one, where we did collaborate worldwide and you know, a team of engineers worked on the problem to um, design a system and implement it with our, our customer, and um, you know, it was a great success. So I have a recent project example we have executed in the MLab Collaboration Center from a Plasma customer. There is a general trend from the plasma manufacturers in the past to increase the concentration of their polyclonal IgG. This would enable them to do a subcutaneous injection rather than an administration by uh, time-consuming infusion. But the IgG solution gets very viscous and difficult to process and challenging to recover at high yield, especially when you use the conventional batch TFF approach. All right, great. Thanks, guys. That was a great first question to start everything off. I'm going to get back to uh, something that Torsten mentioned. How did the team go about addressing customers' concentration and viscosity problems? Yeah, this was not an easy one. So it goes back almost five years ago when the first feasibility studies using a single pass tangential flow filtration or SPTFF. So after the first successful set of, of data was generated and the feasibility was proven uh, using Pelicon 2 ultrafiltration cassettes, we initiated a collaboration to further work on this uh, process. So um, we performed multiple 
DOE studies, mainly around operating parameter influence on the process and the, and also on the scale up. Um, this time, the Pelicon free cassettes were used with the product of the customer. And then finally, uh, to prove also the, the scalability and convince all involved uh, stakeholders that this is the right way to go, um, there was a technical team in the MLab uh, actually running an engineering run at the final production scale in Molsheim in France. And this successful run could then convince all involved people uh, that uh, such a, a big change in the production uh, process would make sense and can be done. Karen, I didn't know if you wanted to weigh in on, on this question at all. Have you had any examples maybe from a sort of monoclonal antibody approach? Yeah, so high concentration UFDF is not very commonly seen in Singapore and especially Southeast Asia. So the common issue with high concentration and high viscosity customer will face at manufacturing scale, including high resistance from the system, working volume limitation due to large volume reduction and membrane permeability recovery and so on are not well understood. So the technical team shared this new application with customer, including how other single-pass TFF benefits such as smaller holdup volume, higher recovery, small footprint can help to benefit customers, especially if they have space limitation and uh, operation bottleneck issue. Great. Thank you very much. One follow-up question to that would be, you know, what was the ultimate outcome for customers in these particular cases? So going back to the example of the plasma process, so there, there are multiple stakeholders in a production process. There are such who are focused on innovation and improvement and such who need to maintain uh, a working manufacturing process. So all involved need to be convinced about the benefit and the reliability and robustness of uh, a process change. This we could achieve by performing the engineering run at the MLab at final scale, so everybody could experience this in this special environment and see the performance and the advantages of such a SPTFF step. And the ultimate outcome was that uh, technically they were convinced about this, but there are also manufacturing people which are very conservative, sometimes validation people, so they could really witness uh, this process. In the MAB example that Matteo and I discussed, um, the customer was able to intensify their process. So because of this, they saw a 75% annual cost of goods reduction. And not only that, but they were able to reduce their plant capacity required for molecule production from about 90% down to 26%. This success is yet another great example of how the experts across the globe that we talked about in the collaboration centers and the M-Labs um, network together to help our customers overcome what would have been a, a costly and very time-consuming barrier to bringing something you know, new and exciting to cancer patients. All right, great, thanks, guys. One of the other things you know we've been mentioning a lot here is uh, the single pass tangential flow filtration. So one of the questions I had is, you know, how are applications like SPTFF shaping the future of the biopharma industry? 
So I'll, I'll take this question. I, I think SPTFF is an excellent example of how we need to look at existing technologies that really allows our customers to achieve their goals around process intensification and connecting different unit operations, whether or not they are looking at continuous processing in the end or not. So a lot of times SPTFF is a great tool for, for just managing to fit an existing process into an existing facility or a new process into an existing facility. In other cases, it can really be designed into the, the process as it's being developed so that you can take advantage of uh, its ability to increase impurity removal or uh, shorten process times overall. So it's a very versatile technology based on existing tangential flow cassettes that are uh, already available uh, within the market. And so, again, it's a twist on taking something that we're already familiar with, using it in a different way, and exploiting that to reduce costs and times and achieve uh, higher concentrations that maybe we didn't think were possible before. A truly engaging conversation about this burgeoning field within the life science industry. Thank you, panel, for your insight. Keep an eye out for some additional related content posted on our website and on our social media pages over the next few weeks. And join us for the next GenCast, where we will dive into global regulatory issues and how various countries are seeking help to train their growing workforce. Thanks for listening to GenCast. For genetic engineering and biotechnology news, I'm Jeff Pogaliskas.